Welcome to the Digital Forester Podcast, where we talk to foresters about how they are using digital technologies in their day-to-day forestry work. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Digital Forester Podcast. Today, I am joined by Johan Eckenstead, the founder of Arboreal. How are you, Johan? I'm fine, thanks. Nice to be here on the podcast. Yeah, great to have you. Great to have you on. I was just commenting earlier for our listeners what a cool background. I, I thought it was a virtual background at first, but Johan said, no, this is my, this is my tree house. And I'm like, that's the coolest <laughs> tree house I've seen, but Swedish design, love it. Always loved it. So uh, obviously you're like us, you know, tail end, some, tail end of summer is coming. You had a good summer. Yeah, it's a really good summer. It was uh, hot and nice weather this summer. So it's been a lot of outdoors. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, for those listeners who are watching this, um, you can see that Johan's uh, like me, a tech geek. He's got his microphone with his filter all set up. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're rolling in the big leagues now. We've got our, our, our custom setups here. So we're going to jump into it. I'm excited about this podcast. I have never met Johan. I think there is a connection though. I saw there is uh, Umio. There's a connection there. I, I, I've been up to Umeå, uh, there was a Silva Laser Conference, a LiDAR conference back in the early 2000s. So I remember going up to Umeå in, in northern Sweden, just loving it, a uh, beautiful place. But maybe to kick things off, uh, Johan, tell us your forestry background. How did you become a forester? Yeah, it was not my intention in the first days. I, my intention was to do a PhD study uh, like 12 years ago and when I was waiting for the, the grants, the fundings for the PhD, it was like I, I searched for a work in the forestry sector and I got it and I started working and I really enjoyed it. It was like, it felt like this is the place to be. It was a forward leaning industry like sort of happening. Everything was happening. It was default to action. And uh, after we got the grant, it was like, oh, I don't want to go back to the university anymore. I want to be in, in this kind of forestry reality sector. So I've been here for like oh, 12, 13 years now. Wow. Wow. So, so was there a connection to forestry, you know, a parent that was a forester or friends, or is this really just, uh, you know, going to school initially, then getting your, your landing on the ground with your, your work boots on and getting right into it? It's in, in some kind of way. I mean, if we look backwards in my, in my uh, ancestry, it was like uh, my we have my my relatives have worked in the forestry and in forests and in the in the sawmills and, and, and in the furniture wood furniture business and so on. So it's never been far away. So it felt like it felt like no, pretty normal to get back into it. Right, right, absolutely, and I can see wood timber beams on your your treehouse ceiling there, so it's always always present there. Uh, so, so thinking of, tell me about the university. I, we, there's Umeå University. Your work career. I am not going to try and pronounce it. I've learned one thing with the Swedish language. This guy just can't do it. But, but you had about uh, eight years and five months with. No, I'm not even gonna try. Svegskog is. Svegskog, yeah, Svegskog. Yeah, so not it's even the, close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the the largest forest uh, company in Sweden. Uh, that I first started working in, in the environmental part, the uh, nature conservation part, and then went more and more over to the technical sides, and and ended up as a technical specialist uh, working with remote sensing and 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 uh, mobile technology. Wow. Wow. And so that mobile um, technology and remote sensing again, how much did that cut? Like, were you a programmer in your younger days or is this just stuff you picked up through time being 
been a, a digital yeah, it's force? Be, it's, been, it's always been so, some sort of pro programming. I think when I was young, I went in high school, I did some hobby programming and so on. And, but I've never been really deep into it. It must be like maybe last five, six years that I worked first with Python and now, now mainly in Swift iOS development that I really appreciate the, the tooling nowadays. If you compare how it is today and like 20 years ago, the tooling is incredible. And, the, and just searching on the internet and getting knowledge and learn each other and, and get up, uh, it's such a difference between when you started out learning by books and trying to do it yourself so yeah. big change yeah absolutely i still remember to my early computer science days where uh you know a lot of text terminals and not these fancy predictive things and even today with so much low code or no code uh tools out there it is quite a quite amazing uh there so Thinking of Arborio, uh, you know, it's a company uh, that 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 you founded. The entrepreneur side to launch a company is not an easy thing. Not a lot of people do it. I I know a lot of people look at entrepreneurship and it's it's this shiny star and it's so easy. Everybody does it and you know retire on your sixty foot yacht. But most of us who are in the trenches, day in day out, know that that. Um, there's the highs, there's the lows, there's the roller coaster ride in between. But from an entrepreneurship, maybe tell 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 us how where the thought came from, um, how it started, and and you know did you participate in different incubators or accelerators, or maybe tell us how Arborio came to be. Yeah, it was it started mainly because I was uh, seven years ago when I the drones, the UAVs, was emerging and and coming to the forestry sector. It was really interesting and seeing that you could fly over a forest and take a lot of pictures and stitch them together and get the auto mosaic and the point cloud and so on and it felt oh this is really really cool and then i thought why not you use the same technology by by ground that going out with your phone and take some pictures and stitch them together and get this point cloud and i i did that and i it took like one day to to man to fix all things and it uh, it took a very long time and then it was really sparse bad point cloud uh, but you felt okay it's possible but it's, i couldn't tell tell a colleague or some friends in the forestry that you should do like this but then three four years ago when the ar technology emerged i saw that here they are creating a point cloud on the fly why not use that point cloud and go out and measure in that point cloud in real time in 60 frames per second so that was the like, the starting point and then it tried out and the first we, we made an app that was a height meter that you just measure the height of a tree. I mean, you know, we are measuring a lot of heights in the forest. So it was a common problem that I wanted to solve. And it, the thing, the nice thing was that we, we combined a, an old old way of use, you doing it. You know, you go out and you put a taper on the, and on the trunk on the tree and go back and get a measurement and take some inclinations and you get the height but you could do that in the phone by the ar technology so so we re released this first app and it's been very nicely uh, many people have enjoyed it and appreciated the, the feature to be able to always have have the height meter in your pocket yeah, so so maybe let me jump in here and let's let's back things up because I think there's probably yeah. a lot of our listeners listening and going, okay, I, there's there's some terms here Johan's using that I'm not familiar with. So let's start with AR. 
What is AR? Why, why, why is it important to a forester? Yes, this means AR is augmented reality, and it's it's a. I mean, you want to put uh, some digital uh, objects on uh, on the reality. That's in the main. This Pokemon that was popular a few years ago, where you could throw balls on on digital monsters in your backyard, it was AR, and so it was this merge of reality and this digital reality. And in in to do that, the the tool, the phone needs to get locality data from its surroundings and make a 3D map of everything in order to place this digital content on the on the phone. And uh, that that was the technology that was it was not not meant for forestry, it was meant for enjoyment games and so on. And, and it's it's something that will be larger and larger. You know, the big Tim Cook of Apple, he says that the next big thing will be this AR and maybe this AR glasses and that will come in a few years. And, that will be a really interesting time to see what, what what possibilities that technology will give us. Yeah, yeah. So what, what you're saying is I, I should have been paying more attention to my kids when they were playing Pokemon Go and Pikachu was jumping out from left, right, center, who knows, uh, on the phone. I should have been paying more attention because maybe uh, there's ties to force you. That, that's definitely interesting for sure. So thinking of, you mentioned, um, you know, using uh, augmented reality, um, uh, LIDAR technology, uh, there's been previous speakers on this podcast that have talked about terrestrial LIDAR, uh, even handheld LIDAR. This is something different, like the iPhone that you're using, uh, the 12 has a built-in LIDAR sensor. Maybe for our listeners who, who, who uh, may not be aware of that, because whenever a forester hears LIDAR, they think helicopter or airplane uh, per se, but maybe bring our listeners up to speed. What's what's in this iPhone 12? It's It's you know, obviously not long-ranging lidar. Um, it's eye-safe lidar, but what you mentioned point density. Uh, maybe refresh our listeners. Yeah. What does it actually mean? Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a it's a lidar that sends emits uh, fifty thousand pulses each uh, each time, and it's sixty times a second. So it's a lot of data collection it makes every time. And and I mean, it's it's not a long-range lidar. It's it it's a range of five meters. It could get a little bit farther, but the the, the good quality is, is below five meters. And the it's using a technology that's called VCell. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it really, but the idea is there. It, it's it's a very efficient way to to send emit uh, laser points, but it's also sensitive to noise. And the interesting part there is that the software algorithm is really good to to filter out the noise. So every time it comes regular update, so it's even though that this lidar sensor is like one year old now, it's still getting better at the software updates. That's a really cool technology. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, 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 so obviously, I I know a little just a wee bit of, uh, about lidar. So. Uh, guiding our listeners. So really with the work with Arborio, uh, you know, there's some folks I've seen on Twitter, you know, on social media, they're taking the iPhone or the iPad Pro and then going out and then walking, creating scans. R really, is it a, a safe way to describe the Arborio products as we're, we're looking to replace the vertex hypsometer, we're looking to replace the calipers? And if that's true, how has the market, the forestry market responded to 
the arboreal apse because I believe there's two. There's the four. There's the tree height one uh, you mentioned, yeah. and then there's the forest. Forest. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yes, yeah, I mean we we call the 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 arboreal forest a digital caliper. It uh, you make uh, you make sample plots, and in the sample plot you measure each tree, the diameter, and you measure the heights, and then you have this basal areas, and I mean you know the the whole whole shebang that you're used to collecting when you're out in the field. And, and the lidar is a really game changer for us because it makes it possible to remove the, the personal influence of the result because then you could let the LIDAR take these measurements and measure the, the trees. And I've seen some, some scientific papers about this LIDAR. It was some release a few weeks ago when they tried to scan, just walk around and scan and let take in, take in the point cloud, let, let everything, let, let the computer resolve everything. But it's it's a bit tricky to always succeed to let let the computer or the processor do the old thing. So in our cases, you need to go to each tree and measure it. We have some automatic measurements, so you don't need to press the button. It's, it detects the tree and measures it and so on. And, and in Sweden, we also could detect the tree species. In, we are very lucky that we don't have so many different species and <laughs> it's easy to distinguish the bark from these different species. But in in Canada, you have a lot of different, uh, uh, yeah, so it's not yeah. a problem there. Yeah, I remember when I was in Sweden, uh, you, you guys would say, oh, like species identification so easy. And I remember scratching my head thinking, what, I'm missing something. And then to your yeah. point, the, the total number of species at play is much, much smaller than yeah. the ones we have in Canada. But that's, so, that's still cool, right? So what you're saying is if I've got an iPhone 12, um, I can go to a plot, I can go into the bush, boots on the ground, I can then start going through and then just measuring all my trees, I'll get diameter off the arboreal app, I could also measure the tree height and then based on the, the picture what it's seen, it'll automatically tell me what species it is or is it a keyed in species? It's, uh, it's in Sweden, you have, have the, the in Sweden, Finland, Norway, you'll have the correct species, but in Canada you will, you will need to enter it, you need to choose your on your list. Gotcha. But we are, we are we have a feature in that that we are collect every tree if the user give us permission to collect data we take a picture of each tree he measures so we get a, a, an image collection so if you have uh, if you have many users and they let us use their pictures we could train a model for new countries also so in yeah. the future maybe we will have possibilities in more countries so it depends on the user yeah, so it's a, like a crowdsourcing. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the idea if you can get people to crowdsource imagery and then we're into that machine learning, deep learning space where we can train a model to, to recognize that. Uh, always, always easier said than done. You know, Canada, yeah. we have winter just as you do. Well, I guess similarly uh, to, to Sweden there. I, I have good friends in Stockholm and so I visited them. I, I love Sweden, love going back there. Uh, so, so thinking of that, the burning question, I know a listener hearing Johan, you speak, describe this app, guaranteed they're going to say, okay, but how accurate and precise it is. And I believe on social media you had a post recently, and again, I should know how to pronounce this, but I don't, but, uh. but Skogs Ford did an assessment and then this is where you're going to say it and i'll be yeah, like yeah, yeah i totally yeah. got it wrong yeah. again but tell us about that independent accuracy assessment of arboreal forest yeah tree height. it was uh, that did uh, an uh, an evaluation of the app and 
they did use the LIDAR and they used a method that they walk along a line, uh, a transect that measured all the trees within uh, in four meters wide transect. Uh, and we think that is the best way to, to get an accurate area estimate because you don't you don't turn around, you don't, it's easier for a user to walk along a line instead of walking in a circle. It's it's not it's not a natural way. And but the the result was very good and the bias was incredible low. It was like below one millimeter in bias on the di diameter, and that's uh, that's uh, that was, that was astonishing for me to see that it could be so good result. And, but you should also know that it depends on the bark structure on the trees, the diameter. If you have a very um, uneven bark structure with a lot of fragments on the bark, you have larger problems. And it, it is because of that it's a visual measurement. It's not done. When you have a, a manual caliper, you could press the calipers in, in different ways, but it was, uh, it, it felt very good to see this evaluation because it, it proved that it was on the right way with our yeah. product. Yeah, so thinking of uh, connecting the dots. So let's say, you know, we're, we're measuring uh, DBH for trees and let's say um, on average, we're seeing about uh, 20 centimeter DBH trees from a precision point of view. What, what would you tell our listeners they can expect? It's 20 centimeters plus or minus what that, that yeah, um, yeah, they can the expect. Yeah, the mean absolute error was about 4%. Uh, so in, if it's, you should never say this in, in when you're on live, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> if you say 20 centimeters, 1% is uh, 2 millimeter. So, so you're, you should, the mean error should be like uh, 1 centimeter. But then you always have some, some, some measurement will be 2 centimeters off, but uh, it's uncommon. And if you have a wider wide diameter, but the largest problem we see right now is the ovality of the tree. That's the big, especially on this large tree. That's our really oval, and it's no, it's no, it's no, it's no coincidence that the forester do this cross caliper measurements. They measure the tree from both sides if they want to have a really accurate assessment right. of the diameter. But if right. you measure a lot of tree, I mean, the 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 error is always going to the to the mean. Yeah, yeah, it'll converge for sure. So really with the Arboreal Forest app doing the DBH, you you correct me if I'm wrong. So it's not really, it's not scanning the actual tree trunk with the LIDAR. It's using its position in augmented reality space and air space to infer what that that diameter is. Is that is that accurate? It, it, it's a combination. It uses the LIDAR to measure the diameter. Okay. Uh, and in order to, to measure the area, it uses this AR technology because you need to know if you're inside the plot or outside the plot. Right. So, so it's a combination. And, uh, but we still, have, we still have some more information that we could use from the LiDAR. It feels like we are, we are scratching the surface and, and we, we have some, some features that we look into. So maybe we could get a little, little lower error in the, in the short future. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so thinking of of other people I've talked to work in the field, they're probably thinking, "Okay, Johan, this sounds great. How many iPhones do I have to take with me? I'm on a ten hour shift. I'm assuming this is battery intensive." And so, walk me through. I, I got a let's say let's be let's be kind. I'm I'm uh, I'm a lazy forester. I'm saying this uh, in jest or joking. I'm on an eight hour shift. Who works an eight hour shift? You got to drive out to the woods. Uh, you got to get set up. But let's just say for argument's sake, I've got eight hours of cruising, uh, menstruation work I'm doing. 
will my iPhone 12 last me the whole day or am I bringing in a backup power or am I buying five iPhones to get me through the uh, shift? Uh, we did, when, when they did the evaluation, uh, we, we, we didn't know, we wanted to see how, how will it, how will it go? And then uh, we brought with us a, a power bank, uh, and uh, we, but we never used it. But uh, I think okay. if you, uh, of course, if you will work eight hours, no, no break, no, no, then it will be a problem. But it wasn't. I think there is no problem to four or five hours of use. Uh, but uh, who knows? But uh, that's something. So taking in consideration that you may need a power bank if you are really hard user. Yeah, yeah. So, so what about sunlight and temperature? Again, you can sense that yeah. I've had these discussions uh, with other yeah. foresters because they're the ones they always ask, right? It's like, oh, it's really bright. Johan, is my iPhone going to overheat yeah. or it's cold out or it's too hot out? Uh, what, what yeah. is it going to work? It's, uh, if, you, if you take the sunlight, if you, it's hard to measure in, in if you're get the sunlight into the sensor it's no you can't measure you need to so if they have the sun directly into the the sensor you need to move uh, but that's not a problem in the forest it's not so it's not so common problem uh, the heat we don't haven't experienced and the cold it's mo mostly a user experience that uh, you, it's it's hard to if you really cold, i mean it's like minus 20 degrees it's not nice to put your fingers on a on a, on a phone screen. That's you know that's the big biggest problem. So and the the yeah that's the so so it's I think if you know how to use mobile limitations on mobile phones, that's the same for us. It's right. the really right. cool. It's not not nice to touch the screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. So so also thinking of um, some of these questions, I, I already know the answers to, but I know. I'm representing the listeners when we're thinking about height measurements. I know you've posted on this, but slope, does uh, it matter? No, and and we had we had a few people have asked about this. Could we measure in slopes? And and I mean, we did when we did the algorithm. It's, it's basic algorithm that you, you you take two triangles and and measure the distance and so on. Uh, but uh, I was forced to go out and, and test it and prove it <laughs> on a video because <laughs> it felt like there's no other way to show it because if you just tell one you, they don't believe you need to show give them image proof. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and slopes. Yeah, yeah, I laughed at that one because you're like, all right, I'm perpendicular now I'm parallel and the numbers are <laughs> yep it's the same it's the same and you're actually right we're we're trigonometry right and 101 pretty basic math yeah. uh, that we're doing. And if you use, you've used a vertex or, you know, a laser range finder, it's, it's the same concepts yeah. there, like measure yeah. parallel to the slope, avoid, you know, being down slope. Yeah. But, but again, I had to ask just to make sure I knew you had it, thought about it. I'm sure other forces have asked, but it literally works on your iPhone. So yeah, it's a, but, but it's, 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 it's a pro, I mean, it's a problem to measure in slopes because it's harder to see the, the, the base of the tree. And it's, it's so, it's more tricky, but it's it's so for everyone, right? Right, and it and it's doable, it's solvable for sure, absolutely. Um, so so thinking of 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 your applications, has and 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 I believe I saw you you got it certified with the U.S. Army, the GeoWind. So that that's a big news because often with 
defense organizations, it doesn't really matter which country, um, they have to be pre-certified before they're able to, to be used. Maybe tell us about the journey on that. Was that a walk in the park? It was really easy? Or, or, or how did that, that process, that certification process come about? And, and what has it uh, done for Arborio from a business revenue point of view? Yeah, that was uh, it. Was uh, felt unrealistic that they contacted us. The U.S. The U.S. Army contacted us and wanted to use the, the the height meter. And it was like, what are they going to use it for? It it couldn't just be trees. It must be something else. <laughs> but, so it was. Uh, it was really they they you needed to submit to the the their code to them so they could review all, all everything. The source code. The, the, yeah, source the, code. Wow. And so it felt like, oh, should I really do this? But uh, then it felt okay. I, why not? Uh, so, so it was, and we need to take away every. We need to take in in use normal cases. You have some network traffic from the app, and you, you have some data you collect and send to the cloud, and and you could. So, but every, everything like that was forced to remove because that was a security risk. Yeah. So, but it's from from after that it was really really cool because it was nice to be a part of the military. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. So 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 curious. I'm going to ask the burning question because I know I can already hear a few people I know very well in the forestry community already on my shoulder, probably chirping away. But Johan, I hate iPhones. I'm an yeah. Android. I'm an Android guy. How do I use Arboreal Force and Arboreal Tree Height with an Android phone? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, you got something for me. Yeah. The good news: the, the height meter. We have the Android, but on Android, you have the height meter. Uh, so, so, so that and that we released that released the height meter for iOS first, and then we released for the Android. And and I mean, as you say, there it's a it's a common device to have an Android in in the forestry uh, and. Uh, so, but it's also hard for like a small company to 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 work on on everything, and you need to focus on on one one type of, of equipment first before you could try to make it for everyone. And there are some interesting parts on Android right now. The there is the, the problem with Android is that they release uh, some sort of sensor and they they take it away. It was a, the it was also with Samsung S20. They had some top time of time of light sensor, and now in uh, S21 they don't have it. So it's a little bit risky to jump on that. Uh, but but now they have some interesting sensor on this Sony. I don't know if you have seen that. It's Wh which one? Time, uh, the latest Sony. Uh, Sony, of, okay. Yeah. Okay. So th that's one that's that could be something to be used. I don't, I haven't used it myself, but we'll keep an eye on it. And, and if it uh, if it works well, it's, it's it could be something to to try to solve. And, and but maybe wait wait a year and see that they still continue to to, to support that sensor. Right. And because we, it will have a high resolution, also similar resolution as the lidar sensor, but we don't know it anymore. Yeah, it, it's definitely true, as you you know, in the Android ecosystem, it's a bit more, well, a lot more fragmented um, per se, and and that's a part of being Android. What what I'm curious to see, and I'm and I'm, I'm and I'd be curious to know if you you see that in your your data usage is that historically Android was always cheaper. Um, what we're finding is that when you start looking at the Android devices, phone or tablets, as soon as you bring in that 
precision GNSS chip or a time of flight LIDAR or something, you, you start being pretty yeah. much equal to the Apple ecosystem in terms of cost. So that Android is cheap actually no longer uh, applies. So I'm curious when you're thinking about your current customer base, is it a, is it pretty much, you know, 80%, 90% Apple users as a function of the products and, and their availability or, or, or do you actually see them pretty balanced in terms of Apple versus or, or iOS versus Android? I mean, it's, it's, it's one part of this that we have this hype meter, both for Android and, and iOS to t- is to test that to see how, how is the, how is the usage and so on. And we, we have like twice as much users on iOS, uh, and, and, and then we have also like three, four times more paying users. So it's like, it's both that you have more numbers and so on. But we must also admit that the iOS version is more, it's, it's, uh, it gives you more um, f- features. It got, you could measure the crown with the crown height. You save the GPS coordinates and you could export the data and you could, yeah, it's a lot, lot more fancy. So it's yeah. not, it's not, um, they are not of equal. Okay, so so really, when you say crown height, because a couple of things there, I'm curious on poking at a little bit, so we can measure height to, to live crown or really height component. But you mentioned uh, the position of the tree. So are you saying we could uh, create a stem map of the trees with the iPhone based yeah. on the area? Yep, cool. Yeah, and that's that's something that that's uh, something is that will be really interesting in the future. This fusion about this local coordinate system that you get get from LiDAR and AR with this global positioning system. And you can see that in, in some cities, you have this fusion that they, you could go out in, in some cities and you pick up the phone and you get the GPS coordinates and it, then it's know how to search for this local coordinate system. It's not so for a forestry yet, but sometimes in the future, maybe we could, because the, this local coordinate system is really pre- precise if you compare it to the GPS. So that's something that I think will be great for the future, just for comparing maybe aerial data when you go out with LiDAR. And then we could have data from the ground with arboreal collecting diameter and damages and species and so on. And then fusion and fusion that together. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you nailed it on the head that from a local reference system, it's going to be tight, right? The relative accuracy in your your uh, AR space is gonna be tight. And, and largely, I think you solve that by just tying it back to a known control point, right? So as long as you've got that control point nailed down at a very high level of accuracy and precision using tools we have today on the GNSS side, I think you can get the best of the, the both worlds. Now you mentioned costs. So again, we know foresters. Foresters are you know, straight to the point, like, all right, Johan, how much is it going to cost me? Can I afford it? So you brought up costs. Why don't you educate our listeners? Because I'm, I'm sure some are giggling while they're listening to this going like, when was he going to ask? It's like, come on, give me the, the real answers. But what, what's the cost of this app? Yeah, we, for the, we talk about arboreal forest where they measure the, 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 the diameter and so on. It's 25, 25 US dollars per month. Okay. I think it is in, in the US. Uh, something like that and you could all oh that's the price and the, the height meter is uh, you pay w- once and and then you get it forever so it's a uh, it's a very it's very competitive price and what are you charging for the one-time price are you able for, to for, share yeah for it's it's dependent on different countries but we could say for for like for the android i think it's eight bucks for for, for the height meter 
and eight, for, eight bucks a year yeah, or, or total for total so it's really cheap <laughs> but but for the uh, the live the ios version it's 25 bucks uh, total and you could always buy, buy it for one year so okay so uh, so when we release this podcast johan yeah i, I want you to start your data analytics tracking <laughs> on your store and, and i want to see if there's a correlation with android eight bucks Apple yeah. 25 bucks and see if you have a surge on the the day of release that's competitive pricing yeah. eight bucks on android yeah. like for forever like yeah it is to be a little bit cheap but uh, it, it's nice that it'll be used also and uh, right. we also have a little bit of bad conscience that we don't haven't haven't given given the android version as much love as it uh, should have right right well what better way to, to to you know validate product market fit and get some feedback from the users uh from from that point of view okay so uh, we, we've talked about the our your two products right now um, you're based out of Sweden. Uh, we've heard the two apps, the Arboreal Forest and Arboreal Treehite, are available as uh, Apple iOS apps. Uh, and we've heard that only the Arboreal Treehite is available on the Android ecosystem, but there's more plans coming through going forward. What, what else is on the Arboreal company roadmap? New products, new features? What, what's Johan focusing on in the next uh, year, year to three year timeframe? Uh, we have some, but we have not nothing official yet. But uh, some things that will come is just, I mean, you have a lot of we we want we are collecting more and more data from the field. That's the the thing that will happen the closest uh, month. That uh, I mean, for example, it will be possible to just not measure one height of a tree. Now you measure the mean tree, but some users want to have more data. They want to measure the thin tree, the height of a thin tree, and the the uh, large tree and so on uh, and there will be we have something with, with this uh, global position the fusion of this global positioning and the local coordinate system that's something we're working on in the closest time and we have one new product on the way but it may take a half a year or two more <laughs> before we have something to say about that but it's uh, it's it feels like we're living in a in a very uh, uh, very thrilling time to, to much technology and much possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sensing like Arborio is probably, you know, not a hundred person software development shop. I suspect, you know, the guy I'm speaking to now is doing some of the development and uh, you're wearing multiple hats, so you can only go so fast yeah. uh, and uh, as you possibly can. So, so I'm going to pivot us a little bit because um, and jump in and pivot us. We've talked with the products. We'll come back at, at the end. Uh, so definitely for our listeners, if you're curious at the end of the podcast, uh, Johan will share how to get a hold of him and the website, how you can download. But I'm curious to, to shift our discussion maybe to broader tech trends. Obviously, you know, with uh, your products, your boots on the ground in the truest sense, uh, measuring individual trees. But but thinking of, uh, and I know if you've posted this on social, the Boston Dynamic spot dog or the, the Huawei, I call it the badass dog because it's black. It looks like the Terminator. Oh, you got one there. You got, oh, there you go. <laughs> I have the, the small one here, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's this uh, pet toy. It's That's also, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a small Boston Dynamics, so, uh, but it's uh, still just for fun, but it's, who knows what will, what, what it, it will bring or what you could learn from this uh, ground-based uh, robotics. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're we're seeing the MSN folks with their hover map 
getting mounted on on you know from mining the other spaces we've also seen uh uh, Hexagon um, uh, make an announcements with their BLK uh, product line mounting, I, I believe, on uh, some of the, the dogs, the Boston Dynamics dogs. But what's, what's your view on it? Do you, do you think this is like a cool thing? I got a, a dog with no head that's yellow and we're going to call it Spot running around or the Terminator version of Huawei black mean looking thing maybe it's a guard dog I don't know but but what are your what are your thoughts do you think this is coming we're going to see Forrester's you know unleashing their uh, pet digital dogs out there to do this work or or maybe they'll have the arboreal app installed and then just looking around well, share 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 your thoughts on what what that this space is looking like with the dogs and even the UAVs as well because they're they're everywhere now right what what, what are you seeing in Sweden and what are your thoughts in general around the world when I got this, it, it feels a little bit like when I got my first UAV, it was like uh, very thrilling and, and exciting, but also very hard to, to get it working correctly because it's, it's, it's not easy to, to, to walk <laughs> and to walk on uneven ground. That's tricky. I mean, we will see the first uh, robotics dogs when you have like a flat floor <laughs> that will be easiest one. Uh, but I mean, it's just a matter of time then, but maybe not now, it's, it will take some more time. And I saw a comparison about this, is this energy that it takes for, for uh, someone to walk on the ground and to fly with a UAV. And uh, I think it's easier to fly than walk in a forest today, even though it's hard to fly with a lot, lot of branches. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear you on that one. I think every geography is unique. Forestry is very complex anywhere you go in the uh, world and some are easy. Uh, I, I remember being in South Africa, they're showing me their uh, eucalyptus plantations and it was flat as flat can be yeah. with nothing. And I'm like, damn, the dog can run there, right? Yeah. And I think yeah, of our Canadian boreal forest, I'm like, no, it's like, well, well I don't know, maybe. Yeah. But I, I would want to see the tests and definitely I'd bring my uh, my cooler full of cold drinks and a, a lawn chair to watch this thing uh, unfold, though. But so so thinking of technology, you're obviously um, immersed in this um, thinking of one year, three year, 10 year time frame. What, what's getting you excited? Like, I know the iPhone 13, I think t tomorrow, right? I think Apple yeah. is making some announcements yeah. um but one three ten you know in the context of arboreal and then the context of a generic digital forester what what are you excited about one thing is that like is that to to bring the 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 office to the forest instead of having taken the now the last 20 years it feels like we have taken the the forest to the office is sitting behind the great great remote screens and we like to sit like we're doing right now but I thought, think about greater connections and I mean, the CPU in, in the phones right now is better than they are in the, in the normal laptops. Why not making it possible to take these decisions in the forest and have all the data accessible everywhere? Not, you're not dependent on being in an office. That's something that gets me really excited. And I think that AR could be a way of, of solving a lot of problems when you want to interact with the reality and the virtual reality and the back end and the servers on where they ever are. So that makes me really excited. And for Arboreal, it's like, I mean, we have, we'll see that the, the hardware will be better and better on the phones and we will try to catch up with the latest and, and try to use it in the best way. 
because we are standing on the head of some giants, uh, the, the tech giants, they, they give us great APIs and great hardware and great software we could, that we could use. And I see many possibilities for the forestry to use a lot more things like that. But then on the, I mean, on the three years, I think we will have a change of this. Then we, I think we'll have walked from using flat phone screens and use some sort of glass, uh, the first generation for real. Uh, but then I don't know. I mean, 10 years are very long time in the, in the tech space. Who, who could say like, 10 years ago, we got the iPad, like something like that. It was, yeah, that's really remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I still have uh, my, the very first iPad uh, version one, Gen one in my drawer. I remember I bought it uh, when we had our first uh, kid and we put it in a rugged case. I, I, I still have it in my filing cabinet. It is heavy. It is like a, 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 like a brick. And I, and I don't want to throw it out because I want to keep it as a Gen 1 because it's pristine in the rugged yeah. case. And one day I want to break it out and say, it's like, oh, you know, kids, <laughs> this is what we used to, or, or show it in a class, right? And the kids yeah. will be like, what is that? Like an I what? Like, seriously, yeah. that's what you guys were using? So who knows what 10 years is, is yeah. going to, to look like. I'm curious to pick your brain. I know I've chatted with uh, Enda Keen from Tree Metrics. I know you guys have partnered. Can Tell us more about that partnership, how you met, and what it means to, to partner in general in forestry to realize success. Yeah, I mean, we are a small company. We are, we are like, oh, it's we are two, two, three people that are working on this, uh, these things, and we don't have the abilities to, to be a worldwide company and serve every need that the forester have. So I think partnership is really important. We want to focus on great tool on the devices in the field and then get data to the user and the user maybe need more analytics like taper equations for this species or mapping capabilities and then we saw that this tree metrics had a, a great product that could be used in in conjunction with, with our data collection and i think that's the way to go forward instead of we trying to make everything you try to focus on making just the app the best possible and collect data with that and then the user could either build something for themselves or in this case that uh, trimetrics give the possibilities for a user to to using mapping cap capabilities or uh, tape equations and and cost uh, analysis and so on right. so i think i think that's the way for us to go is uh, don't spread too thin you can't do everything yep yep being there focuses in Focus is important, absolutely. While well, we want to help everybody and anybody, uh, there's limited time, there's limited resource and limited dollars at the uh, at the end of the day. And and agree with you wholeheartedly. So so what I'm hearing is really Arborio is focusing on the data collection, um, whether it's a tree metric solution. So I, I interviewed Enda maybe two two pods ago for the listeners who who, who want to go back and listen to that conversation. Uh, but really, it's sounding like anything could be used, right? You're focusing on the data cloud, whether someone's using an Esri product, open source, uh, you know, a Microsoft Power BI product, it, it really doesn't matter. You're just focusing on yeah. good, accurate, precise tree measurements or field measurements um, for that that matter. So so thinking of a forester who, who's like, you know what, this is great. I'm still old school calipers, vertex oximeter, whatnot. Um, and I want to try this out. 
what are are there challenges that they might face in getting this operational and if so what are your pro tips on how to make that transition easy is there training or is there self-help guides or is it literally as easy as downloading a a new song on your iphone and you just click 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 and, and off you go i think it's i mean it's you have done some t- tutorial videos uh, how to use it that you could take a look at them at first because it's uh, yeah, videos are a great way to learn i mean i learned a lot by looking at youtube and uh, we try to do the same thing that publish uh, some tutorials there and then it's try trial and error we, we try to make it as easy as possible and if you have some uh, some questions it's just to give us a mail or call us and we'll try to to make it even easier it is it's a hard thing to 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 try to change your way of work that's the real challenge if you're used to using manual calipers for 30 years and to change that could be a real problem but the great thing with our product is that we are mimicking a traditional way we're mimicking a way if you're used to doing sample plots with circular or transect it's like okay i recognize all steps so in that case you have a advantage that have used traditional tools yeah absolutely so so one of my last questions maybe more at a broader macro scale i'm curious to know your your thoughts is uh, recently in the news you know apples it seems like the fangs are always in the news for some reason whether cybersecurity or privacy or app store and payment but uh apple has recently been in the store uh, or in the spotlight um, I believe one at some point they reduced uh, a lot of the people I know who do mobile development, they call it the Apple tax or the Google tax on store things sold through the store and, and they lowered it. Um, but recently, I believe there's a decision made around making the stores more open for other payment types, but so basically opening up these yeah. historically closed stores. What are your thoughts on that? How does that benefit you? Or is this really noise? Whereas, you know, a, a developer, you're like, yeah, whatever. Obviously, lower fees you have to pay to list your app in the stores it means more money in your in, in your pocket. But do you have any thoughts on this, or or really is it yeah you know it is what it is. We'll we'll go with it. Yeah, it, I, it was a judgment this Friday, uh, but between Epic and and Apple, and it's and and the judgment was like both of you are wrong. <laughs> so it was like really, and it's. Yeah, it's really hard to know what will happen by that because one thing was that Apple was so. So maybe be, give it, give us some background, yeah. Johan. Give us some background on the Epic Apple thing. Uh, or it could be a long, long podcast if we do this. <laughs> but the Epic, the, the makers of this Fortnite uh, game, they, they wanted to to be able to sell uh, their products without paying Apple thirty percent of, of of each transaction, and then then they did that, and they were or forced out of from the Apple store. And uh, then the, the whole, uh, yeah, the, the, the big trial between Epic and Apple. And it's uh, been really interesting to follow because you don't know what, what will happen from that. Uh, because it's, 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 in one way, Apple says that we give you this API and this, this tooling and you, you give it for free and you take this cut on the transaction. Uh, how if you're not paying Apple their percent, will how will you then be able to use the tooling? And that's that we don't know. Uh, 
I mean, it's not beneficial for Apple to maybe start. I mean, it's they earn the most money for from the big companies, not from the small ones. So it could be very expensive for the small ones to to pay pay such costs. So, but we don't know. We'll see in the near future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm always curious here because you're you're obviously on the the European side or the Scandinavian side. Like every geography is different in their views. On, on privacy and security and, and requirements, truthfully. So I was just curious to see as a, as a developer how, um, how, what your views were on that. So, so hey, Johan, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for sharing with us the uh, arboreal story. Very, very cool. Hats off to you, you know, as an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur. I know it's, uh, as I said, there's the highs, there's those lows, there's the roller coasters. There's some, sometimes the head scratchers of like, do I really, really want to do this? But hey, for some of us, this is the fun. It's the uncertainty that gets us excited, uh, you know, and continually learning about that. But thinking of Arboreal, thanks so much for joining. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way? Website, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, email, you fire away. Yeah, mainly on LinkedIn, uh, Johan Ekenstedt at uh, LinkedIn. But you could also send me an email at johan at arboreal.se. You could right. search, visit our website, arboreal.se. Arboreal.se, absolutely. We'll, we'll put those in the show notes too to make sure people have way, uh, ways to find uh, out. So, uh, Johan, so, uh, Johan, I just realized when you said your name, I'm like, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. But uh, as I said, sweet, Swedish language for me is just a, a hard one per se. But hey, thanks so much for, for joining. I, I wish you all the best with the continued uh, sale of Arboreal Forest and Tree Height. As I said, I want you to reset that ticker when we release this pod and uh, and see if we, we've got a big spike there on purchases <laughs> and, and whatnot. But hey, thanks so much for joining, sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate it. Wishing you the best uh, with the end of summer, early fall, and, and be safe with these uh, COVID-19 days. But definitely, thanks for your time. Much appreciated. Uh, thanks, Kim, for putting up these shows. I really appreciate them. No problem. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Johan.